Sometimes you won't know what a person has accomplished or overcome until you get the chance to hear their story. I've realized that being grateful takes being intentional. And it's inspiring when you learn what others are grateful for. Welcome to the I Am Grateful For podcast. I am Hope Lavender. I Am Grateful For hopes to encourage people to think about what they're grateful for despite hardships and difficult situations. To choose to look past the negativity and the temptation to spread it by facilitating an atmosphere of gratitude instead. We aren't denying that life is hard and unfortunate things happen, but we are hoping to share the joy of knowing that nonetheless we can still find something to be grateful for. On this podcast, you will hear stories from people from all walks of life about the places they've been, the decisions they've made, and how those decisions have shaped them into the person they are today. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey listeners, thank you for joining the I Am Grateful For podcast. We're so grateful to have one of my closest friends, Bria, join us today. Uh, Bria and I met in our time in Syracuse, and I still look back and laugh every time we talk about how we met, because I think we both wanted to get to know each other, but weren't sure how to like introduce ourselves. Um, but I'm just so thankful that God allowed us to meet. And I think once we did, we were like, how can we have not been friends this whole time? Right. Like, we're in the same and we click so well. Um, so I just appreciate your friendship throughout the past few years, but even just the journey that you've been on during mm-hmm. this time and up until now. So I look forward to getting to know you better through this podcast, but also for our listeners to be inspired by your life and experiences. Um, but can you let our listeners know a little bit about who Bria is and some info about you? Yeah. So um, my name is Bria Holness, and I am, like Hope said, um, grateful so f- much for our friendship. Yeah. So I am a Bronx native, born and raised, and lived there for. 21 years in the same house until, um, before I moved to Philadelphia, um, which is where I now reside. Funny enough, I moved to Philadelphia three months before pandemic. So that was, that's been an interesting transition for sure. But I'm super excited about, you know, getting some roots in Philly. Um, I work for a nonprofit international organization as a development and fundraising professional. Um, I'm a team member and um, regular contributor for a online women's magazine. And today is five years walking in the Lord, which I have to give a shout out or walking with the Lord. (laughs) Give a shout out to, you know, uh, my girl Hope, because she's one of the main people who got in the scriptures with me and, you know, helped me along my journey, trying to figure out what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And so I think back to those crazy and wild and exciting times um, yeah, and just how close we got in such a short amount of time. And so, yeah, that is, that is me. And I'm sure more things will come out as we continue to chat. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bria. And happy spiritual birthday. Um, it's crazy to think that it's been five years. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. It, like, it kind of feels like forever, but also like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like time went by super fast. Um, yeah. And like I said, you know, in our WhatsApp with our Cuse girls earlier, it's just like, I don't even rec- recognize myself in a lot of ways for good, for good reasons. Um, yeah. But also there are also core parts of me that is, that is still very much the same and have been augmented because of 
this journey. So I'm, I'm super grateful today. Oh, thanks so much, Bria. Yeah, it, I feel you on the, it feels like a little bit of time, but also feels like forever. Yeah. Thinking back into Bria and I have taken road trips together over the mm-hmm. West Coast and just had such great talks and FaceTime and phone calls throughout this time. And did your makeup at your wedding? Yes, you did my makeup <laughs> for my wedding. Not only myself, but redeemed my mom too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, that was rough. She went and got an appointment and then came back and yeah. this did not go well. And Brie was like, I got it, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was only, that was only nine months after we had met. So yeah. that just goes to show, had met, like, not like became friends, met nine months beforehand and that just goes to show how powerful God's love is um yeah yeah. that's the only reason that we met and we're close yeah (laughs) right thank you for being the real MVP um (laughs) so grateful for you and and yeah so for you 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 kind of highlighted some of these major moments in your life whether those were like physical transitions from one city to the next Mm -hmm. or um even just professionally different things that you um, aspire to and even in your relationship with with God and Jesus yeah. just how that has has totally transformed your life for in such a great way um, what are some of those key moments that you feel have kind of shaped you into the woman that you are today yeah um, you know I think about identity a lot I think all, you know all the things that you kind of just described have been a part of creating an identity um, for me um, but one of the one of the things that i think about immediately is just the identity crisis that I was going through high school and college, not knowing what it meant to be a black woman, not, not understanding or being able to appreciate like what that meant and therefore just not connecting with it and, and finding myself connecting with um, other cultures and things like that, which is not wrong in and of itself um, or bad in and of itself. I think the way that it was happening for me was that I just was so like just lost in terms of who I was um, and what my culture was, what my identity was, where I came from, my history and things like that. Um, and so, and, and, and to, and to the extent that I internalized people making me feel like black was bad or wrong or um, not beautiful. So I remember just really like kind of diminishing those parts of myself and, um, separating, you know, that, yeah, just like not identifying with it at all and really like identifying with other cultures, particularly, um, Latinx cultures, just because of those are the, um, those are the friends that I was around, but I remember getting to college and it, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It just was like, I, you know, now I'm a bit of more of an outgoing person, but I do have my introverted um, traits. And so when I got to Syracuse, I, um, coming from the Bronx, uh, the way that the New York city schools were set up, a lot of us knew each other. And so there, you know, we were part of like college preparatory programs and things like that, a part of the Catholic school network. So a lot of us went to Syracuse together. And so these are the people that I knew. So I was like, I'm sticking with these people. And it just so happened that they were mainly Latinx from the Latinx community. And that wasn't like, it wasn't purposeful in terms of, um, you know, this is the, this is who I'm trying to stick with. It just was like, 
these are the people I know, these are people I'm comfortable with. And with that, I'm going to, you know, all the, all the Latinx parties and, you know, events and things like that. And, um, I remember these, you know, these moments where I was like, I really want to go to like, so it sounds so silly to say, but like, I want to go to the black parties or the black events. Um, and, um, but feeling uncomfortable to go like feeling like that wasn't my space because like I didn't know anyone or um like that I just wasn't a part of that community at Syracuse and so I wouldn't want to go by myself and like I would ask people to go with me and they'd be like yeah yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go and then the day day of comes and like they're like actually no I don't want to go and so I struggled with that for a long time because you know all the while I would have friends say to me, oh, but you're not black. Like you're actually this, like, or like, um, because I would hang around a lot that culture or they were like, oh, you know, we accept you because you're not really black. Like, like things like that, or like would make, you know, black jokes or, you know, I, I hate to say, but there were definitely moments where I was hypersexualized because I was a black woman. So, you know, I get around the time, like Nicki Minaj is really hot and all of that. And so we all know how (laughs) Nicki Minaj can portray herself and be. And so like, you know, I would get the like, Oh, do you do this? And do you do that? Like, you know, talking about sexual stuff and my other, my other friends who are Latina wouldn't get questions like that or, you know, comments like that. Um, and so that like, so all the while, while I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to get like connected with the black community, these things were happening and being said. And so I just was feeling like, yeah, this is, (laughs) this is not working. And so bit by bit, I was trying to like insert myself um, and trying to just figure it out on my own because I just felt like so disconnected from myself and from my community. Yeah, that was that was a very that was a very hard time. And I don't think I at the time I realized how much of a like of a toll it was like on my 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 mind, my heart, my soul, like my identity. and I was really finding my identity in what other people liked and what other people expected and wanted from me. And so that was, that was a hard time, but, you know, um, I kind of, like I said, kind of bit by bit started trying to, to find myself and get connected, you know, in the context of a black woman. And I feel like, um, that started the journey of just like kind of reconnecting with myself and my soul and my identity overall, because then, um, a couple of years later was, my journey towards faith and reconnecting to faith because I had, you know, experiences in my previous life, but kind of just had left it all behind when I came to college. So, yeah, I, I, when I think about um, key moments in my life, um, I don't just think about the positive stuff, but I think about the moments where I had to like wrestle through some really hard times to get to the other side and like reconnect with major pieces of my identity. Wow, Bria, that's that's wild to think about how, especially with the events of this year, I think sometimes there's almost an overgeneralization. I mean, you kind of hinted at that of, oh, Nicki Minaj is doing this. This must mean that Mm -hmm. you do too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, just because my skin color looks like this doesn't mean that I'm the same as everyone else, nor do I have the exact same experience as someone else that has the same skin color as me. 
um, especially coming from the Bronx where it is like African-American, a lot of Latino ex, like you just every those, you know, those are your yeah. friends. Like it's not, it's not a, Oh, you're black. I'm, I'm Hispanic. It's just like, we all hang out. Mm-hmm. And um, I appreciate you just being so real of it. Wasn't like, Oh, I only want to hang out with the black people. Yeah. <laughs> I only want to hang out with the Hispanic people. It was like, these are the people that I grew up around yeah. and I knew, and we already had these relationships. So then when I moved to a new space where yeah. I don't know anybody, <laughs> Exactly. Like, I don't know anyone. This is honestly a predominantly white mm-hmm. university. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to stick to the people yeah. I know, you know, and not that you didn't want those relationships, but just that it was kind of nice to have mm-hmm. people that you felt understood you, but then also working through the shift in your identity of like, okay, yes, I can. I love spending time with these people, but I don't understand my own yeah. or feel comfortable. So I, I'll just kind of merge into yours, but then I don't necessarily feel a hundred percent accepted mm-hmm. in either like mm-hmm. community. Um, it's just yeah. really to me to see how, how you've kind of walked through those marshes and how challenging that was. Um, but to be able to like give yourself the space to be like, no, it is okay for me to learn more about my culture and to, strive to take those steps to be a part of yeah. a community that I, I normally don't feel as comfortable being in yeah so thanks for being so real about that yeah and I, I think just to add so I think what would make me a little more comfortable and I had to just like fight and wrestle through was like when I would go to um black events or black parties I would have people like oh you blessed us with your presence like I'm just like rep I just want to like what I just okay so that, that's just one thing I want to add but another thing just for context for listeners um because it can be easy but like this girl born and raised in the Bronx what she means she didn't feel connected to you know being black so just to give context to that so I'm I am Jamaican um Jamaican and American and so um growing up in a Caribbean and also with that being said not only um you know, is there like Jamaican and American in my family? Um, there's also like Indian and um, these other kind of cultures. And so like you look at my grandmother and and tech, like technically she's not black, she's Indian. <laughs> um, she's Indian Jamaican. However, my dad's side of the family is, is um, more American. Um, like, you know, born and raised in Florida and all of that. Whereas my mom was born and somewhat raised in Jamaica. So I say that all to say, like, um, you know, my parents split up when I was younger. And so I predominantly grew up with my mom in a Indian Caribbean household and kind of, um, uh, structure culture. And so unfortunately you have a lot of Caribbeans, especially who are like mixed with, um, you know, some, some other stuff are quick to say they're not black. Technically some aren't, (laughs) Um, but then you just have a lot of, you know, for me, that's not true because I am, you know, whereas some of my aunts and great uncles and like, you know, um, my grandma, like they technically aren't. So, um, you know, it, it was a very kind of like hard conversation to navigate around especially because my grandfather is like black Jamaican or whatever um and so because of all these mixtures you had these just these weird conversations about 
or very ambiguous conversations about what it meant to be black and and all of that um because you had these different people who had different identities and different cultures and you know didn't some people identified as blacks and and some didn't um and so you know, sometimes it would come off as if Black was bad or Black was wrong. We'd go some places and people would ask us what we are. And 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 what you would find in my neighborhood a lot is like, if you, if you had conversations about race and stuff like that, people wouldn't want to identify as African-American or people, and not just in my family, like in my neighborhood, like a lot of Caribbeans at that time or would have a hard time identifying with Black, with, with African-American um, and, also, there's a lot of colorism um, and a lot of like hair texture stuff going on and, and all of that. So it just was, I wanted just to give a little context to, to that because what it meant to be Black was a very ambiguous conversation in my household growing up. Um, and so it was really hard to identify, okay, what is our culture? And like do we identify with black American or like, I'm confused. Um, So it, it, so I just wanted to give that context to listeners that like, um, you know, I know some people probably would ask like, well, what was going on? It just, it was a lot of ambiguous conversations happening that, that could leave you feeling like, okay, so we're not black or it's bad to be black or I'm, what are we then? Um, And I had to kind of go and find those answers. Like, on my own. Um, and so it's funny, my family now calls me they're like, yeah, Bria is like the, the, like someone said, someone was like, yeah, Bria pledged Delta Sigma Theta and like became like the black, um, <laughs> the black power. <laughs> um, and it just was like, it, and it, even before like, you know, crossing, like I, I was trying to, I, I was taking AAS classes and like doing, you know, reading and just trying to, to get connected with, um, my culture. And, you know, I I also want to add, like, it's okay that it's not, it's not black and white for me. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, like, um, there is a, there is a black American culture in history. And then there's a Jamaican culture in history. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, when people ask me like, I'm I'm black, (laughs) um, and they'll start to like, oh no, but but what are you really, and they'll start that whole conversation, which can then make me feel like, is black not enough for you? Is black not good enough for you? And so, um, so it's a very nuanced conversation that, um, you know, different people from different places that made it hard to figure out what was going on for me. Yeah, no, thanks for the background. That totally makes sense and helps thinking about literally your, your family's experience and conversations that you had where, literally because of the people that were together they wouldn't identify as black because they weren't like thinking about like oh people who are indian but were in jamaica right migrated there or were whatever yeah, the process that was, was what was going on there mm-hmm. and to a lot of indentured servitude and all of that yeah yeah and so it's like no this is my culture this is where i'm from i wouldn't identify as just black because I came from India or I came from this other place. And just that really does put it into perspective of why like figuring out what is black for, for Bria makes so much sense, especially when you're like 
in my neighborhood, those were the kinds of conversations we had or people, it was normal that people didn't identify and sometimes look down on it. And Mm -hmm. then it could make you feel weird on like, okay, should should I say that I am that? And yeah. Oh, I totally can resonate with what you're mentioning about like people being like, Oh, what are you? Um, Growing up in Miami, I got that a lot of like, are you just black or are you like half black and half Hispanic? Or like, you got to have something else. Like you can't just Just it's black. like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, um, or you don't talk, you talk a certain way. You, you gotta be mixed. That was with another one. Yeah. That You're like, what? One. Like, I, I told you that I'm just black. Even got the, the, uh, someone said something like, you're too, like, what did they say? It, it was, all, this is not the exact words, but it, the, the impression, the impression or the feeling that was left or the message that was communicated was like, you're too rich to be black. Like you have, you're too well off to be black or something like that. Um, which I think kind of feeds into a thought that came up while you were talking. I think also too, unfortunately, because of how, how blacks have been treated, um, a lot of Caribbeans or whomever that may have, cause this comes up a lot in Dominican culture and like a lot of just Caribbean culture period. I think because of, you know, you're wherever you are in the hemisphere, not too far away from the U.S. And a lot of, you know, everywhere is always watching the U.S. and like how we do things or whatever. And so if you're watching and you're seeing, oh, they don't treat those people right. I don't want to be a part of that. Like, I don't want to identify as that group. Right. You know, I think we're in this space where we're empowering ourselves as black people. We're empowering one another as black people, um, whatever that looks like or whatever that sounds like or whatever. Whereas before, you know, I think we very much internalized how we were treated. And so then we treat each other like that. And so it's like, so, so, you know, instead of being like, yeah, you know, people are treating us this way or society treats us this way, but we're going to still empower one another. We'd be like, oh no, we don't want to be part of that group (laughs) because we don't want to be treated like that, you know? So I think that, that a lot of that was happening too, um, where, you'll get the, oh, you can't just be black or you're, 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 so, you're too pretty to be black or mm. your hair's too soft and fine to be black. And like all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Oof, totally can resonate with that. Your hair's too straight or your hair, like your curls don't look like so-and-so's you can't be. And it's like, yeah, thanks for <laughs> being real about just the different cultural experiences that people have had that kind of lead to these kind of interactions that people have within communities or in within friendships or even within families um, mm-hmm. that changes our perspective sometimes on like where do I fit like where do what culture do I identify with like mm-hmm. if I dig into my my history where do I start You mentioned like taking AAS classes, uh, African American mm-hmm. studies classes, and um, joining a historically black uh, sorority. Um, where do you feel like were there any things or people that really helped you can kind of get to that place of peace? Would I love what you said of, hey, it isn't black and white for me. Like even in my journey and tapping into my culture, like I don't have to like put myself in this box of like or this label and it's like, Hey, I can be black and I can be 
Jamaican American or and I can I can just be Bria <laughs> like I, and yeah. I can identify as black and feel comfortable in my skin without mm-hmm. needing to explain like what do you feel like are some of those things that kind of were really helpful yeah <clears throat> I think um one of the things that stuck out to me, sticks out to me is uh, Linda Cardi, and she's a professor at Syracuse who taught African American study, studies classes. And um, I don't remember the whole title of the class, but I remember it was something like race, gender, and sex in the African diaspora, or something like that. Um, and it was it just was it was groundbreaking for me um, for for so many reasons. Um, I think that's when I started realizing I was being hypersexualized and a lot of that stuff. Um, and yeah, that, that, that class was just very key for me. I remember going back to see her way after the class and, um, she was like, yeah, I remember when you were sitting in my class and, you know, you came in and, you know, you're, you know, like an attentive student and stuff like that, but you kind of just were like, you know, there. And then she showed a specific film and she was like, and then I saw you click and it like all just resonate with you about like identity, culture, the varying degrees of the, the African diaspora. Um, and um, the sexuality piece and all like it, it, she said that she saw it like in my face click and from that moment I was just like hand up I don't understand this question this I'm sorry what like so and I remember like I do remember that time and she was just like and then you just like you went from there and it and my and my journey didn't end there like like I was um I was like, like I was going to the library and pulling like old books and newspapers and files and things like I was like in it. Um, And that was such an exciting, it was a very uh, overwhelming time because I was learning a lot, but it was also very exciting. Um, And so I bring that up to say in terms of like, you know, learning, you know, just, just, I think being in that class started a thing for me where I started to realize, and it's kind of cliche, but we just we're all in different colors, shapes, and sizes, and it you know uh, it doesn't have to just look one way. And I and I think shortly after that, I don't I came across a discussion or maybe a social media post where it was like like what does it mean to talk black? Like what does it mean to um like just kind of questioning black culture in the sense of do you have to act this way, talk this way, dress this way in order to identify as black? Um, and the reason why it was being challenged is because then you'll have people who are not black doing these different things and, con- you know, like considering themselves black culturalized or whatever you want to say. And so it's just kind of like challenging. And I think there are definitely some markers, some things that we are proud of as a community and that's fine. But like when we, when, when we like look at one another as black people crazy, because we're not doing X, Y, and Z, that's like, that's sad, you know, like, like, again, we, we all come in different shapes, sizes and ways that we do things and we should be, and, and, you know, this could be challenged, but I think the black community, um, 
is super like, and not that it can be challenged, but it's super diverse and super like full of just so many different perspectives and so many ways of doing things and just, just super diverse. And I think sometimes we can put ourselves in a box and we can put each other in a box and then we get mad at at why other people are looking at us as monolithic, um, as like very just homogeneous and, and just one type of person. So, um, I remember like having a discussion about that and reading that of like, do we, do we look at each other crazy if we don't meet these, these certain markers? Um, why don't we just kind of like let people be them, um, and challenge what's like, wrong and not cool um you know and like not a great representation of our people but anything outside of that like that's what makes this community even more beautiful is that we all come to the table with like different things um so I think that class was really um was really pivotal for me because it just started an exploration of what it means to be black beyond how I talk and what I dress like and what music I listen to. Um, and, and the same with that journey when I started to um, pursue Delta Sigma Theta Sword Incorporated, like it, you know, it was beyond the external. It was beyond the external, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it was so much deeper than just, right. hey, I'm black by shade but Mm -hmm. that that doesn't have to be like all black people have to do x all black people have to do y and if you don't do those things then you're not black like it can be like we all have different parts that we can bring to the table that make a more beautiful picture of what god's created and and who we are and the different cultures we bring and the different music and different dances and different foods and different hairstyles and different colors and it can still be more beautiful yeah. if we we look at those things as a good thing versus a mm-hmm. exclusionary thing mm-hmm. um yeah and I think, and, no, I, think that, no, I think that's a part of celebrating I think that's a part of celebrating right and I think that when we get caught up in this one type of way that black looks we silence others mm-hmm. you know um we silence other folks um which as a community, we should be the last ones doing that to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a part of celebrating is that, and, I, and I, I honestly feel like as a community, we are in an era where we're, we're doing so well at this right now, like trying to celebrate and like talk about the different shades and um, different perspectives, opinions, hairstyles and all of that um, and challenging like what is what is what does black culture mean um especially because in this country we we know how that started you know mm. um like people were taken <laughs> in black year and so with 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 their history gone like their identity stripped from them and so we've all been in the pot trying to recreate you know our, our identity, our culture. And so like, let's not silence people and try to, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. Let's almost bring back the history. Let's bring back the culture. Let's tap into the roots and, and celebrate that instead of shushing it.
man, Bria, thank you so much for sharing. And I know as we wrap up in these last few minutes of the interview, I kind of was just curious for you, like through your journey of kind of figuring out who Bria is and who, like what it means to be black um, in America, like what are some things that I think either you're grateful for or that even just to the listeners that you could share of kind of tips or just affirmation as maybe some people can identify with what you're saying or, you know, it's like, man, I felt that way and I don't know what to do when I feel that way. Or for those who can't identify at all, like um, maybe just words of encouragement for people who are trying to understand people that don't look like them. Yeah. So I think the reason why I'm grateful and the word of encouragement go hand in hand. So one of the reasons why I'm grateful for my journey is that it's been a journey Um, and that it's going to continue to be a journey. And, you know, it, it doesn't start and end with one, one, one book or one revelation or with, you know, one conversation. It's a journey. And I don't know. So I think sometimes us as human beings, we just want to be at a destination. We just want to arrive, but you know, we know we don't arrive on this side of heaven. <laughs> like, and so I think that, I think on some days I can feel daunting that like, am I ever going to get it? Like, am I ever going to be there? But then on other days, that's super exciting. Like if, if you are willing to grow, if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to try, like it's just going to always be a journey. You're going to continue to be stretching. You're going to continue to grow. And I think that, that that's awesome. Um, so I think one of the things I'm most grateful for is like, even though I haven't arrived, I'm so, so amazed at the person that I get to be, the people I get to be around, the things that I get to do, the things that I get to experience, the places I get to go, um, because I'm okay with being me, um, whether, you know, and I, and I, I, when I'm having insecurities about this stuff or like about my identity, um, I, I start to pray and I say, God, like help me to be no more or less than I am. Help me to be no more or less than you've called me to be and you've created me to be. And I say no more or less because I think sometimes we can walk into spaces and because of what's happening, we can shrink ourselves and like try to like take up as least space as possible. Or sometimes we can walk into spaces and feel threatened or intimidated and feel like we have to be extra. Like we have to like do a lot in order to like, you know, be seen or feel powerful or whatever. So I pray like, you know, I, I pray almost every day, like God help my worth, help me to, to root my worth, my identity, my value, my security in you and not in, you know, these other things. Um, while also like using these things as you want me to. So I'm just, I'm really grateful that I've gone on the journey that I've gone on, whether it be with culture, with blackness, with God, with faith, um, because I really like who I am and I really enjoy who I am. You know, I, I a few years ago, I went on a date and there was a game um, and it was a question game. And my date asked, the question came up like, if you could be anyone else, who would you be? And I immediately was like, no one <laughs> like I immediately was like no one but it 
it, it blew my mind that I said that because back, you know, and, may, and maybe anyone else can identify with this, whether it's you, Hope, or listeners, but, you know, I remember a time when I wanted to be anyone but me. I wanted to be anyone but me because, because I was confused, because people, people made Black seem bad or because, like, you know, I, I struggle with belonging, like, in my family, you know, like, I remember there, I wanted to be anyone but me. And so for me to be able to answer that question confidently and like without even thought, like it was almost like automatic and just like, no one, I, I like being me. That was such a beautiful moment for me. And I'm like, I want to get, like, I want to get emotional now, but that was such a beautiful moment for me. It's like, I love being me. Is it, am I, am I perfect? Is my life perfect? Perfect by no means. But I re- these journeys that I've gone on and wrestled through some hard questions and some hard times has really made me appreciate my life um, and the life that God has blessed, blessed me with and the experiences and the people that I get to be around. So I think in terms of word of encouragement, you know, pray that prayer, like God, like, Help me to find my worth, my value, my security, my identity, my sense of belonging in you and, and trust that he will answer that. Um, he might strip some, some other stuff down to, to help you get there, but amen, you need it. Um, <laughs> and also go on the journeys you need to go to. Go if you, if you are having a hard time being happy with you, being happy with your identity and um and, and loving your life, or maybe it's not that, maybe it's just like, you don't know. You just like, kind of like, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to identify with. Go on, go on a journey, like ask the questions and do the research and have the conversations. Is it going to be easy? No, but you, on the other side, you can look back and say, I fought for that. You know, like I fought for that. I wrestled for that. Um, and you can feel confidence in that journey um, and get excited about the fact that the journey will continue as you grow and get older. Thank you so much, Freya. I know, um, I definitely could resonate with a lot of your encouragement and just the space to be able to explore the journey and see it as a good thing, just to be grateful that we get the time to go on that journey and ask those questions. So thank you so much for sharing your life and your experience. It means a lot. And I, I can't wait to just hear as you continue to grow into the woman that you are, um, what things continue to keep you grounded and like confident. And even in those times when you're not, that like knowing that that's okay too. Um, and yeah. then run to God in those times when you don't and ask for his strength to see no more and no less. So thank you so much, Bria. Uh, very grateful for you. And thank you so much for this time out of your busy schedule. I love <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you too. Thank you for supporting another episode of this season's theme, Celebrating Black Stories. I'm so grateful for Bria and her just sharing her personal journey of understanding Black history and getting connected with her culture. Coming from a Jamaican-American culture and trying to merge that with her understanding of Black culture in the United States and even just sharing some of the stigmas that can come from your skin color or what your hair looks like or how you dress. 
I'm grateful for Bria's call to all of us, regardless of where you're from, that if you're willing to grow and try, understanding our identity can be a beautiful journey instead of a box we force ourselves in based on how we look or we dress or we act or talk. If you like this interview, please share it. Our aim is to share gratitude by word of mouth, but also via your favorite social media platform. You can find all of our episodes at IamGratefulForPodcast.com or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you can catch the latest interviews. And if you love this podcast and would like to support the work we're doing of spreading gratitude, you can make a donation for the creation of Season 3 through our donate link on our website or in the show notes.